It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Um, MJ Unpacked at the Mandalay Bay in Vegas with Alexa Oliphant. I didn't say that right. What is it? You said it perfectly. Did I? Yes, you did. Oh my God, we're on a roll. All right. So you're with public relations, which I think is kind of important for the cannabis industry. Mm -hmm. Before we get into that, maybe you can kind of tell the audience sort of how you fell into that role and why you're at MJ Unpacked. So I actually have a really weird background. I thought I was going to be a teacher and a professional poet okay. until somebody kind of snuck in and was like, Psst, there's no such thing as a professional poet anymore. They don't make any money. There's like two in the whole country and there's what, 360 million Americans or whatever it is now. So as I was kind of trying to figure out, okay, what am I good at? I'm a good writer. I'm a good researcher. I like talking to people. I like making up stories. Public relations. That's basically what sort of the nitty-gritty work behind the scene is and I used to work in entertainment hospitality I started in book PR a couple of those industries took really hard hits at the beginning of the pandemic so I found myself thinking like okay I can try something new something different a cannabis PR opportunity opened up for me at KMA Kit Morrison and Associates we're in Beverly Hills we primarily focus on cannabis, specifically craft cannabis, and like people who really care about the plant and have just very unique stories to go with it. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of a recreational cannabis user, not like a heavy stoner. That vibe kind of missed me, but you know, I like to get down with some gummies every now and then, and mm -hmm. I use it to help me sleep and I use it to help with my anxiety. So it seemed like it was going to go hand in hand together and be kind of awesome. And this is the first time we've heard about this conference. It's the first time it's ever happened. And I felt like that was worth checking out in and of itself. And I'm really glad I came. I've met some cool brands. Yeah, it's, it's slower than maybe we're, we expected for like an MJ BizCon, but that also provides an opportunity to kind of get into booths and talk to people and have a longer conversation than normal. So yeah. there's advantages to that as well. The advantage I think for public relations is similar to distribution where a lot of brands in the industry can't really get to where they need um, consumers to buy their stuff. Mm -hmm. So even though you have retired athletes thinking they can get into like two dozen stores, it's not enough. Yeah, You need public relations and I think that and from my uh, perspective and understanding, all of the household names in the industry paid for it. There's a couple of different things. So like we worked with brands like Lowell uh, and got them on the front door and got them, really made them as a brand. And that's the Marijuana Lounge yeah. with the pre-roll brand, it's Lowell Farms. Yes, Lowell Farms. And then we worked with MedMen back when they were first starting and just getting their stories out and explaining what they do and like putting a face to cannabis, I think has been really important for brands to establish. Are there certain brands who pay for their celebrities or their endorsements or their media placements? absolutely but so much of just the general population i'm finding is still really in the dark about cannabis so public relations is even more essential not only to explain about what you do but why it's not bad why it's not dirty why it's cool and interesting and how you can provide the same sort of quality with one product as say maybe a small batch scotch distillery does it doesn't have to just all be flower or just have to be cheap and cheerful there's so many different ways to reach the market and explain just why it's awesome and why it's cool and why it's worth checking out mm -hmm. and I love getting to do that like I, I'm an English major I like getting stories out there and when I meet people who are really passionate about what they do 
whether it's the plant or whether it's you know impossible burger meat or whatever it is like that's the greatest part of my job is when it's like these small indie people who didn't know how to get from point a to being on top of the game it's just so rewarding to me because like they're really passionate and they love what they do and I would rather do that than work with big corporate suits any day of the week. Like, sure, you might get more money working for that, but no. Do you ever see somebody that you want to have as a client and then you realize they don't have a, a PR rep? Is that a thing or do the people you see generally already have one? Mixed bag. When I see brands that are medium and more established, I do see that they have a PR rep or a marketing team that's really working with them closely. But at the entry level, at the beginning stages, whether they have funding or not funding, they usually don't even understand what public relations is. Mm. And that, I think, is sort of the opportunity to be like, hey, this is an avenue where you're not gonna have to spend $20,000 a month in advertising. You're not gonna have to learn all your long tail keywords and Google AdWords or whatever it is. I don't even know if Google AdWords takes cannabis. I don't think it does. Um, so it's just a really cool way to bring marketing opportunities to smaller brands and mid-level brands who maybe don't always know how I do what I do. They just see the end product, which is their story and publications, getting interviewed on TV, doing podcasts, things like that. And they get to have fun and they get to be more successful because they do it. So I see the benefit to it. I see uh, the folks that have have. PR agents and, and what they're able to accomplish as a result of that, whether it's getting to uh, speak at events like MJ Unpacked or getting on to CNBC or, or otherwise, there's definite advantages to that. What are some of the skeptical responses you get from people when you're talking to them and they don't, like you said, some people just don't understand yeah. what it is at all. What do they think it is? Like, what are some of the, risk, the pushback that you get? I think... Sometimes the hardest thing to explain is why I wasn't in this piece, why I'm not covered here, I see my competitors here, and it's like PR is not the same thing as advertising. I can't, go, I mean, I, you can buy certain journalists. I don't do that. I have a loving relationship with most journalists and press people. Um, and it's kind of like hunting sometimes, you know, sometimes you bring back that fresh kill that's going to feed everybody for months. And then sometimes you bring back five rabbits and you kind of do that. That I think is sometimes the hard thing is just explaining is like, it's never guaranteed, but we do, we have everything in place to make you as successful as possible. I would say that's the hardest thing to explain sometimes with clients and then how long it can take. I've had, I have one client who I'm working on an ABC story right now that fingers crossed is going to go national. I've been working on that story for two months now, and we're still not up across the finish line. I've gotten confirmation it's going to happen, but that's going to be another three weeks. So, you know, I can say, hey, I think Forbes is going to interview you. I'm having this conversation and dialogue going. It might not be till the next quarter when that story comes out because of the, whatever it is with the timing with the journalist or whatever it is with the publication or the editor. Um, usually, if I say it's going to happen, it happens because I don't know how to take no for an answer unless it's directly, no thank you, please take me off your list. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I would say is the tricky part about working with the brands and you know the clients. Press-wise, I would say the biggest challenge is I want to get mainstream media coverage for everybody I work with. I want them to be next to 
Jack Daniels, uh, Soy Almond, whatever. I want them to have that same respectability and that place in just popular culture and in our minds. And a lot of times what I hear is, well, we're very family friendly hmm. and we can't talk about cannabis. And changing people's minds isn't always just about changing a producer's mind or a talent's mind or a host's mind. It's also about changing the minds of the neighborhoods they live in so that they can say like, you know what, cannabis is family friendly. Is it for children? No, absolutely not. I mean, of course, there are medical reasons it might be, but in terms of recreational use, that's a conversation you have about adults with adults, but that doesn't mean it's dirty or bad. Um, one of the brands I work with, Hello Again, was, you know, the, the product doesn't get you high, but it uses THC to treat the symptoms of menopause. There's nothing wrong with talking about the medicinal applications of cannabis, and I think that should be just a part of the mainstream conversation as, say, vitamin supplements. Why not? So when someone's looking at a PR agents and they don't really understand the firm or the relationship with the rep itself, what differentiates you and your firm from another firm or another agent? I think with KMA, the most important thing for us is that we're all very creative. We're all storytellers. We really like working with craft cannabis. We really like developing that and getting people who are not necessarily don't know what they're doing, but who know what they're doing, they just don't know how to take it to the next level. So while I personally do the PR side, we have a digital marketing person, we have social media people who can really just build out the brand to get it B2B, B2C, whatever the brand's goals are. We have the tools to help you get there. You guys focus on making the plan. We're gonna focus on getting you into the market in the way that you dream of being. So for someone who says like 10 grand a month or, or whatever the budget is, uh, 120,000 a year is too much. Is it a sunk cost or is there actually a 3X or 5X return on this? What What is the benefit um, you know, financially for somebody who uh, hires a, a PR firm? I think the mistake, one of the mistakes you can make is to say that I pay for PR I need to see immediate ROI. Uh, reputation building, getting your place in the market, that takes time. It can be a long-term investment. Now, if you're working with somebody who does the digital advertising, which we do have people who do that, you can measure it much quicker, and that's really nice and I think important for clients to see. But you know, Richard Branson wasn't Richard Branson overnight. That took him time over and over, and he always said, is like, a good story does more for your business than an ad ever will. And I think building trust, especially in cannabis, especially when there's so many brands and you don't know what it is and you know dispensaries can be kind of creepy. If you read an article about a brand, you can feel really comfortable about like, okay, I'm a soccer mom and these are the best edibles to help me sleep. Okay. I trust this news source. Please trust news sources, by the way. Don't fall into that fake news nonsense. Um, now I can become a loyal customer, and that's just sort of how you build that trust and brand awareness. Okay. Where, how can people get a hold of you? If they're interested in learning maybe a little bit more about public relations or they need uh, some help, what are some, um, do you, are you on social medias or a website? We're on Instagram, we're on the internet, kmacannabis.com. Um, 
Look us up on LinkedIn for Kit Morrison and Associates. Uh, always look out for red hair because that's me. I'm at most of these events. I love getting to meet people because I'm relatively new to the cannabis space. So I've learned more about the plant probably in the past six months than I knew in the previous 30 years, which is really kind of a blessing. Mm -hmm. I love learning. Mm -hmm. All right, I think with that, we're gonna have to rule this one up. I wanna thank my guest, Alexa Oliphant with uh, KMA. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm Josh Kincaid, this is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. <laughs> don't forget to smash that like button on your way out, and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.